Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program, Bits, Rhymes, and Life, is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. For more Nerdy Show podcasts, community forums, and to learn how you can support this and other fun Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com. This is the story of a boy who believed that whatever he dreamed he would come to achieve But never in his life did he dream he could be an inspiration to those who came after he Okay, so thank you all for tuning in once again to uh, Bits, Rhymes, and Life Part of the Dirty Show Network Um, Usually our podcasts consist of myself or Kay Murdoch telling a story from our own point of view and then um that's kind of it maybe a song or two but uh this time it's going to be a little bit different because myself Megaran, and uh k murdoch are in the same exact place at the same exact time so what we're going to do for this one is have a little bit of a back and forth dialogue this is like an, an inside the uh inside the music studio type situation where we're going to give you a breakdown of some of our favorite tracks that we've collaborated on and um so yeah we'll do that and um most of you of course know myself and k murdoch from our collaboration album in 2010 called forever famicom uh this album was at least for a lot of people the first time that they had heard maybe a video game and hip-hop uh tribute project come together on, on I guess what we consider to be uh, a high level or a grand scale and uh, that's really what we went into the album trying to create at least in my opinion well I'll let, I'll let Kay speak a little more on that I think when we made that record we had no idea what exactly we were trying to ultimately do or I guess the, how big it could be as far as the the fusion that a lot of people cited as, as as kind of having as far as hip hop and video games, and I think it was it was very natural because both myself and Rand, um, when I think about coming up and growing up, those are probably the two biggest influential things in my life were um, hip hop and video games. Like that was pretty much, or it was pretty much to the point where when I when I tell people about certain things that happened in a certain period in, in my life or in a certain event, I can almost tell you the game I was playing and I can tell you the music I was listening to. Like, if you asked me in summer of 1995 what I was doing, I was probably playing Chrono Trigger uh, and I was listening to Mob Deep, the infamous. <laughs> um, stuff like that. And it's funny, you know. So when it, came, when it comes to Forever Famicom, it was really easy to do that record um and a lot of people i guess the first thing i get asked about was what was 
the impetus be, be behind some of the the songs that were selected. Like you know, you would think that we would go with the the heavy hitter known Nintendo joints like Zelda and Mario, but instead you got a pretty good hodgepodge of, of more role-playing games, skewed games, um, and that's just because when I made the record, it was before the DLCs where I was, we were having the fans or even Ran really chiming in with like what you want turned into uh, a beat. So I was just picking stuff that I like. So that's why you hear Chrono Trigger, Earthbound, and really, um, you know, kind of niche games like Street Fighter 2010 and, you know, Double Dragon. Like, these were games I really liked as well as actually, like, owned and, and had a pretty fond memory of. Word. So one game you just mentioned, uh, I'm going to get some insight on, which is a lesser known game. Uh, to a lot of people, which right. is Street Fighter 2010. Right. The um, I think it had like a subtitle under like the Final Fight. The Final or Fight, yeah. Um, it's recently just been added to the um, Virtual Console on the 3DS and the Wii Shop. So uh, I thought about buying it for like four dollars, but then I remembered that that game was super hard. <laughs> like, I was only allowed to buy games that were in the either the 1999 or the 999 bargain bin uh, and so luckily that game found its way to the bargain bin at my local Toys R Us and that was how I was able to get it and I remember loving the Street Fighter game in the arcade and so <laughs> Street Fighter 1 you know the, the first one right. and, Fighting um, Street <laughs> and uh, I remember loving that game so when I saw Street Fighter in the title I got really excited but then I remember looking at the back of the box and seeing that this guy looked nothing like uh, the Ken or Ryu that were in that game where you fought, um, you know, guys, the American dude named Joe or the boxer named Mike or Genki and those, those Birdie other guys. and, yeah. Yeah, so I noticed it looked a lot different. It was a dude with a flat top and, like, sunglasses on. And uh, so I wanted to talk to you as I'm not sure. I know my memories of, of Street Fighter 2010, but uh, what are your memories of that game? Yeah, it was it was definitely hard. It was a little misleading, but um, I didn't know what I was getting into when I bought it. And the same thing, like I, I talked about that in the last episode of uh, Pits, Rhymes, and Life, how it was only on like report cards and birthdays did I get to to dabble in the $39.99 plus range uh, my mom was usually like let's go for these $19.99 $29.99 games and keep it moving you know cause obviously I was, I was we were relying upon our mothers or, or other people to buy stuff for us then um so when I got the game, I think my grandmother got it for me, and it was after a long day of following around my grandmother, my mom, and my aunts in the mall. And so my reward for being a good, not saying too much, was that I would get to go at the end of the day, we go buy Toys R Us or something. And um, I got the game, and as far as the game, um, it, it, I mean, it was fun, but it was hard. Like, the fact, it was always side-scrolling, so it was one of those games, too, where... If you didn't get advanced enough on the screen, you could get clipped and, you know, you die. And um, and I remember he would always, he would hang from stuff and have to flip up to dodge stuff and then flip down. And um, he could, he would like punch and depending like on how many orbs or something you collected, like the, the beam he had would shoot out farther. I mean, it was kind of, it was cool, but I mean, in hindsight, 
uh, it was definitely a tough game. Like, I don't think I could play it now and have the patience to deal with it without, like, a game genie or, or like, emulation code or something. Yeah, I tried to play it on the emulator, and I didn't do so well, and I, I think I turned it off after, like, two minutes. But I didn't know about the story, so when it came time... <laughs> When it came time for, I'll probably just like read the actual story um, and just to give you the, the, the real story. But when it came time to work on this album and you sent me this beat, um, this was probably, I think it was one of the last tracks I did on the album, the um, the 2K10 song. Right. Um, because it was a hard track to get into. You know, I remember thinking like, this is weird. The story is <laughs> not going to make any sense. Like what do you do on a song like this but again for Forever Famicom I wanted to take a couple of songs and like retell some stories right. maybe flip the ending so when I read a, read the story it was completely ridiculous and um, basically it's that Ken uh, from Street Fighter uh, quits the street fighting realm and um, becomes a scientist which uh, which is pretty believable I guess <laughs> uh, if you know Ken um I guess he was a smart guy. Yeah, he was totally the dude I'd peg to do that, you know. <laughs> Maybe it was like, I don't know. Dawson. Dawson, I would say. <laughs> but um, Ken, yeah. So he, he leaves his, you know, womanizing ways, his, his cocky ways behind and becomes a scientist. I never knew that was supposed to be Ken Ken. I just oh, thought yeah, it, was it was like Ken Ken. Wow. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be Ryu because his hair was darker. Right. But they clearly call him Ken in the No, in the yeah, story. you're right. And so I was like, all right. Uh, apparently, Ken becomes a scientist, um, and he's he discovers uh, this thing called cyboplasm, which is a weird um, element that enables people to jump higher and be stronger and faster. Right. And, uh, and then it gets taken away from him, and he has to jump from planet to planet. So he's not only a scientist, but he's... A, a like world bounty hunter or something where he's able to hop around in different planets to go and, and get the cyberplasm back um, his friend gets killed in the in the process of them stealing the stuff from him oh, so he thinks. and and then so in my story we did a twist so what I want to do is I want to play the original track to k10 right now and then we'll come back and we'll give you more thoughts. So uh, this is the song 2K10 from Forever Famicom 2010. Future is now, a new day begins. What looks so bright is now dim and trim. This is my story, and my name is Ken. You might remember me from a past life, king of the street fight, but it all changed last night. I've been retired for a couple of years, and then I switched gears, tried another career. I was a lab tech. This employment brought enjoyment. I wanted to improve life instead of destroy it. My partner Troy went ahead with a plan to create better life for man. And with our invention, any climate man could withstand. Even increased strength in the legs and the hands. With a small dose, you see huge results. And with a big dose, you could lose your post. The plan was there, but we never got to try it. See, a formula got jacked by space pirates. I walk in the door, a quarter at the floor, to see the formula gone and Troy on the floor. My first thoughts was to head for the exit, cause the solution hadn't been fully tested. Troy said, hey yo, you gotta catch him. So begin to hunt for the 
For what seemed like years Traversing every planet and every frontier I got a new clue in every place Luckily the cyberplasm is easy to trace Everywhere the crook went He left a clue I wasn't sure if That was what he intended to do But I was hot on his heels Until I heard a strange voice telling me to leave And that I made a bad choice The same time I felt indescribable pain In the same spots the bionics in my frame But I ain't gonna stop Cause y'all know my background Ken's never been the type to back down Till I'm getting closer, the voice is getting louder Although I'm in pain, I feel increases in my power And everywhere I went, I learned a new trait New talent, new skills that would seal their fate So I kept moving, hoping the culprit might slip Then on planet 29, I received a hot tip I was close, I knew it Only thing left was to grab the formula and avenge my man's death I got to his planet, my energy charged up Busted in his door, he was there with his guard up Sent some of his flunkies to keep me entertained But one of my punches is leave a person in the flames with a web of lies and I'm trying to cut through it The pirate said Troy put these cats up to it I can't believe that, but he said it's true He said Troy's alive and he affected you I ain't wanna hear it, so I kicked him in the face And just then, Troy walked into place He said I'm alive, my trusted friend The formula is mine, this is the end excited me at the time of course because uh being a kid who was a street fighter fan um you know i thought this game would be a lot of fun uh it's a very unsung title i don't hear like anybody ever talk about nope. it a remake um hasn't happened and nope. probably wouldn't happen uh i'm even surprised they put it on the the 3ds on the console thing for a re-release but um it's it's a weird title for a number of reasons but i, I read on the wiki that um they changed the, the, the whole story for localization purposes um, and that it did not have anything to do with Street Fighter originally. Right. It was some dude named Kevin Stracker who was a cyborg policeman and uh, and I guess that would it makes a little more sense but the American crowd would not have cared about it. Right. So, so what I did in my story was change up a couple things where uh, as you heard Troy, my partner who died and I'm trying to avenge his death. Uh, I decided to throw a twist in there, you know, a little M Night Shyamalan <laughs> twist. What a twist! And um, and make it so that 
Troy would still be alive and Troy is actually the guy I'm trying to find and I just don't know it and at the very end instead of the good guy winning because I don't know what happens at the end of this game I'll be honest I never beat it uh, I couldn't get anywhere near beating it I don't know if you did um, I don't think so I would, I'd like to watch a YouTube video maybe a speed run <laughs> if any of you guys know what happens at the end of this game let us know but um it was way too hard for me and I'm sure even today it will be even more hard so uh, so I decided to switch the story up which I don't know that might have actually happened who knows but uh, but Troy becomes the enemy so he faked his death and then at the very end he kills me he kills Ken and he wins so evil actually wins and triumphs at the end of this which is a weird thing because that never happens in stories but uh it was just me trying to switch the story up a little bit because one i thought it would be an interesting twist and two i didn't ever get to the end of this game <laughs> and so it wasn't one of those like the double dragon game where i could say because i had seen the ending where the two brothers have to fight each other right uh but this game was just so ridiculous that I did not do that. So, this is the one of the. I wanted to talk about this song particularly because it's a song that a lot of people come up to me and tell me they like, and it's always ironic because this was, like I said, the last song I wrote on the album, and it was probably my least favorite on the album. Like <laughs> looking back, I can finally say for if four you made years, the album plus, again, you would say, yeah, we don't gotta put that on there. I would, I would have. Well, now I can say I love stories. So the fact that I made it a story, and and the story apparently is kind of interesting now, um, but I might have left it on. But I don't know, man. Like if you said, all right, we gotta cut one song, I would have cut this one okay. for sure. Uh, it was not my favorite um, because it took so long for me to make it. And normally when I get an idea quickly. Those are the songs I love. But this one didn't hit me immediately. Like, I wasn't, I didn't know how to attack the beat. I wasn't sure what to do. And uh, I didn't like that feeling of uneasiness. So, um, <laughs> so I wanted to get your thoughts on the song. I don't, I don't think I even actually t- ever told you that. that this no, was my, my I never knew. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I kind of had that feeling because I, I knew when I would send you songs like, or beats at the time, to like Epoch and player two and the goodness and you would send them back like a matter of days later and uh, this one i think i'd actually sent you and some tommy laughs and i was like yeah um what you think of that too at, at the t- i don't remember the beat was called something different or maybe it was called 2k10 i don't remember because they usually i don't know sometimes i would name beats just ha- like randomly like other things like mm-hmm. um not always based on the sample i, I use it as but um you know, I think it was one of those ones that I kept kind of like nudging you like, yo, um, you ever going to do anything with that? You know, um, because the other thing for those who listen and know like samples, it switches and it has like this Earth, Wind and Fire sample towards the end of it. And it's totally different because um, I would just do stuff like that. Where I'm like, why not mash up uh, Earth, Wind and Fire with 2K10 because it sounds cool to me or it's like it was a fun challenge. But yeah, like yeah, I can get that, but I it's personally I loved mixing it, and I think it was like great because it was one of the songs on the album where I was allowed to do kind of what I do on this podcast and what I like to do in general, which is add a little sound design to uh, a track and really kind of give it um, do stuff to kind of help paint the image that you see or are supposed to see through words, through sounds, you know. Um, 
and it was fun. Um, I love mixing it. I, I, I love how it turned out. So um, it's kind of funny that, yeah, I'm finding out almost five years <laughs> later that in hindsight, it almost couldn't have made it. almost didn't make yeah, it. Well, yeah. I got to say, though, I got to be honest that once I heard your mix on it, I was it, it totally gave it a different life for me. Right. And I heard those Street Fighter 2 sound effects. <laughs> because I don't know why, when I was doing them, I didn't think about those things so right i do get all you can right 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 you know it's funny now because i only did them because i was like street fighter i didn't now it really makes sense especially since you're telling me that that was supposed to be ken from street fighter <laughs> so it kind of worked out man it totally worked out i didn't know and so when i heard all those things in it i was just like oh my gosh like this is perfect right. like some of the even some of the lines i said like i, I didn't necessarily think about what the impl- implication was and right. that it was a Street Fighter 2 implication right. I said something about one of my punches leaves and bursting in the flames right. now <laughs> later on in Street Fighter which was way later I think it was maybe Super, Super when they put the fire when they on put the, the flame on the dragon punch right. and he would catch on fire right. Like I didn't think about that when I wrote it at all so it's like wow. you saw that before I did you yeah. know which is really weird you know but at the same time it it works perfectly. The end, and you know, I get shot at the end. Yeah, the, so, the Joker go boom. So it's like <laughs> there's no shooting in Street Fighter, you right? Know, like, right. So I, I totally was straying from it, but yet you brought it back by adding in the uh, uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, Giles. Yeah. The the death sound right. was perfect. So I feel like in post, you you made this this song a winner. Because in the beginning, I was just like, this is boring. I, I'm just doing it because I'm just doing it. And then I started getting some ideas, and I was like, I, I kind of like it. But I just didn't like it as much as everything else. Right. But then, by the time I heard your mix on it, I was like, oh, I really like this. Now, I've had some people ask me to even play this song live, which I've never done. Right. Um, I, I don't even think I would. It just doesn't. You've come to me a couple times like, can you load this up just in case? But we never did it. <laughs> We've never done it. It's like, just a. I don't know. It's it's a, it's not necessarily a performance track. Exactly. I, mean, I, I do like telling stories on stage, but I feel like, uh, I don't know. Maybe one day if I can figure out a way. But um, but this one, especially, it has the instrumental break in the, between the verses mm-hmm. where it's just beep, beep. Beep, beep. You know, those things right, going right. on where it's not necessarily, I don't know, what do you do? You just stand, yeah. you just, you just stand there and look at the crowd right. while they're just like, yeah, okay, what's next? Right. You know, so it makes things a little awkward, at least for me. I have to be able to picture it and see how um, how I would ex- how I would expect that to go if I was in the crowd. Right. And um, so, you know, I try to always consider that as a, as a spectator, what it would look like and sound like. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. First, before I put it, before I do it on stage. But, um, well, yeah, that, um, that is 2K10, unless there are any final thoughts on that particular song. Um... No man, I think that sums it up. I I I really enjoyed it, um, and it was really interesting now hearing what you had to say about it. Like the fact that you know, the perspective of you not knowing how it would sound, and I like when I heard what you sent back, I was like kind of rubbing my hands together, like yes, <laughs> I can really help bring the storytelling to life with through these sound effects and stuff. So I think that was the only one on that particular none of well that was double dragon as well yeah those were the two where the, where the story and the and i think the sound design like really really yeah. brought it out epoch too but that really wasn't a story but the sound effects like had to be in there to me because you went through all these games and i was like let me find some way to kind of reference them back you know mm-hmm. so yeah I, I had a lot of fun on that record man it was it was great man and and um the fact that it turns out that that's like the record that you know help me tour with you and kind of help get noticed um i couldn't ask for a better situation man so no pressure when it comes to try to make a follow-up or whatever (laughs) but whatever you know all right so i want to get into one of the other tracks on the album that uh i guess is a little less heralded as well um one of my favorites uh for a number of reasons uh mainly because of how how true to life all the things I said were but um, it's a uh, drop the load okay um, the first time you sent it to me yes. I don't know how many people knew but when we recorded drop the load the first time it had a sample it was a it was ducktail it was the ducktails moon theme sample now a um, different part than that's used in a different part it was the, the beginning the little twinkly part. right right so you still have that, right? Maybe you can play yeah. that original version. Yeah, it was and actually in the DLC as a bonus. It was on the DLC. Yeah.
that's probably the one song on the album that uh, got changed drastically. With, <laughs> um, because you sent me one with the moon in it, and I was like, I didn't think that was the best usage for the moon sample, considering that the moon and the DuckTales moon theme is like probably top five right. in a lot of people's minds as far as best video game uh, music ever. Right. So we would use that later and um, for the gamers for the gamers as my secret last verse after the three verses happened. Then there's a third, a fourth verse where I name every game I played and beaten, and um, and that was that. That makes the song even more epic to me. It, it was totally crazy. But uh, that was another last minute thing. Like we, I was like, wait, we didn't use the moon theme on this whole album. So it finally all came back to right. the circle. But um, but what dropped the load though? It came to me as one beat. It got changed. <laughs> and um, Drop the beat. And what I did on that is uh, I used like a, a, a rhyme style that I've never used before and that I've, I don't think I've done since then. It's a when very, it a, uh, it's a uh, very uh, stuttery, staccato. Uh, it's, a, it's a very staggered, staccato, uh, higher pitched uh, voice and, and, uh, and flow than I had ever used. Right. And it was just because I was just, that's what I was feeling at the time. And I remember being really nervous about that because, you know, it was totally out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And uh, I let some friends hear it. Uh, my friend Jimmy, I remember I let him hear it. And I was like, what do you think about this? Be honest. And he was like, this is amazing. And I'm like, no, I mean, my voice and the flow. And he's like, that's what I'm talking about. This is amazing. And I'm like, nah, I think you're just saying that. <laughs> so I don't I didn't even believe the feedback he gave me. Uh, but he was like, this is so different. And uh, so I did wind up later, and I think it was that same year actually, uh, but it didn't come out to the next year. But I st- I used that same probably pitch of voice in a song called "Sick" for the Mega Rain Ten album, and it was not necessarily the same stuttered flow, but I used the same kind of high yeah, pitch. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And um, and it was that's but that's only been reserved that that particular staccato has only been for that song. And um, so I just want to talk to you about what you thought when you heard it, because you I mean you sent me the beat, I wrote, and then I sent you some stuff back, and I think it was after I was playing Metal Gear Solid, and um, not being able to skip the the cutscenes right. on Metal oh, Gear Solid, God. which made me write that song. <laughs> so, right. uh, so what did you think when you got it? Um, well. The funny thing is that when you were kind of struggling with the Metal Gear thing, I was right with you because not only from playing the past iterations, I think at that time I was playing MGS4 for PlayStation 3. It it was like one of the first games to come out for PlayStation 3, and I was like playing that. And you want to talk about some long ass cutscenes for those who have played? They know they know the pain. I don't know if you have. Did you ever play that one, man? I did a little bit. Yeah, and like there was there was it was one part I clocked it. I didn't. I put down my controller and I didn't pick it up again to like actually have to like do something for like over I think it was an hour and fifteen minutes. So there was that much dialogue and story that that had elapsed between me actually needing to touch the controller again. I was like, that's like a, a, a movie, you know what I mean? It's crazy. So anyway, um, I don't know what it was that made me want to just change the beat. It had nothing to really do with your style. I think it was because you were so adamant about using the uh, the moon theme. I was like, okay. So if I use it, and I'm one of those dudes, I've seen producers actually on the same record use the same sample, just maybe flipped 
mm-hmm. a different way. But I'm not I'm not like that. I like a little bit of a challenge, and I don't I just don't get down like that. So I was like, okay, I did for the gamers, and it had that change at the end. So I was like, well, I can't honestly have that same sample be used twice in this record. Like that's to me that's blasphemy. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I just decided to actually pull out my keyboard and do something with synths and I was like let me find sounds like synth patches that sound more in line with that Famicom sound so um, you know for those who don't know people ask me all the time you know what is drop the load like you know how on our band camp it has in parentheses or like stars like what the original is and but there's like there isn't one on you know, drop the low, and I was like, that's because there's no samples on there, like, that's just me playing, like, that melody, and they're like, oh, wow, that's crazy, sounds like it could be, so, I don't know, um, I just decided to come up with that, I essentially remixed it, um, and I thought it was cool, because I, I felt like your, the style, the way I did the remix was, I gave you, it was not as choppy, so it allowed you to have more, like, flexibility, and, uh, like, let your lines be heard and breathe more, um, and I like that style, and I, but I also like the fact that you were choice and you haven't used it, but like what you said twice. Mm-hmm. I think that's cool, man. You know, you didn't wear it out. So. <laughs> word, word. I um, that's still one of my favorites, and I've only performed it twice. Yeah. One of them was on the last tour. I think somebody had asked for it. Yeah. In Dallas. Yeah, yeah I remember that. I was yeah. Like, absolutely, I'll do it. So, um, it's one of my favorites. I remember when I finished it. And uh, one of my friends, I gotta shout out True, who uh, who was like, "Man, this is the realest thing ever!" Like talking about, <laughs> you know, video games and how uh, we used to just—I mean, Nintendo cartridges were super sturdy. I mean, to the point where, you know, I could stack them up and build forts, and then knock them over with my GI Joes, right? And then you know, not have a problem popping it in, right? But but with an Xbox 360 at that particular time, which was the system I had. I've been through like three red rings in a year on that system. Um, I've done all types of tricks. The towel trick, which was have you heard oh, of the what? towel trick? Was that the one we put it in the? It's not the one we put it in the freezer or whatever, right? You to cool put it. the Xbox in the freezer. I heard that. I yeah, I, I didn't. I, didn't, I didn't do it. <laughs> no, this one is. They're like it's a heating prank, so put it in the freezer. I'm like, yo, okay, and freeze wow. the rest of the circuitry, I don't know but about that. got it. <laughs> You know, then it creates moisture in there. Right. Like, well, do I never did that one. But mine was just as ridiculous, but it worked. I remember because I just got Resident Evil 5 and it wouldn't turn on. Um, and I, <laughs> I heard of the towel trick, which was you wrap your system in a towel, you plug it up, you power it on, right. and you let it sit and let it sit in a towel running, and it'll overheat itself. It'll basically fry the bad circuit on your system. And then you let it cool down, you unplug it for a couple hours, and you turn it back on, and I'll be darned, it worked. What? Did it ever red... It, it red ringed again oh, after okay. like three months, but okay. that was like an extension But at plan. least got you through playing I got Resident to play Resident Evil 5, 5 which right. sucked, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you mean but, Resident Evil goes to Africa? Was that? Yeah, that was the Africa <laughs> one, it was. Uh, but yeah, I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I've been going through so many red rings with that system and trying different things and uh, I was just like man like you can get a Nintendo today I mean if it's been taken care of like it, it will still run and that's right. a 30 year old piece of equipment like it's crazy I use a Famicom on stage that is 31 years old you know it came out in 83 and um, and it still powers on 
I do a gag where I blow the cartridge and put right. it in, but I don't have to do that. <laughs> like it right. just plays, you know. And that's pretty insane to think about it. Like the more powerful the system, the it's bigger, the bigger, <laughs> bigger piece of crap. Like right. you know, it's, right. and it's what I was saying in that song, and it was mainly because of games. And I started thinking about old games that I played that had really bad loading times. Um, and I mentioned some uh, Ultima for Commodore sixty four. Um, Soldier of Fortune for the Dreamcast, oh which my was God, a yeah. great game, like super violent, but it was a first-person shooter with super bloody, and uh, you could shoot people's limbs off and stuff. And um, but man, it would be like 15 minutes per level, like on loading times, and uh, that was just ridiculous. I don't know, but anyway, I know you talk about Metal Gear Solid, but were there any other games that you yeah, can recall that just? The ridiculous load times or the, the like unskippable cutscenes. Uh, I just remember a lot of um Oh, you know what? What system had a lot of crazy loads? Sega C D. And I was uh, probably in the super minority because a lot of people had been giving <laughs> up. Gave up. Yeah, yeah. But I had Sega C D and it was funny, so we would be playing games like I had the wrestling joint that everyone SummerSlam or I forgot which one it was, but it came out on Super Nintendo. But it also came out on Sega CD, and the di- only difference was the theme songs were like the real theme songs. It wasn't like the dan- like the <laughs> like the, midied out the midied out ones. It was the real because they could put it on CD tracks. Yeah, uh, and then they had the FMV of like like if it was Shawn Michaels, it would be his full motion video of him doing like the you know his whole little thing. And uh, I used to use the Tonka, and they had a yeah, like he would come out running and all that stuff. But anyway. <laughs> to load up a match would be you would completely just lose like your intensity and just like your hypeness because <laughs> you would just have to wait for that WWE thing to just keep as it said loading <laughs> loading and it just kind of took the fun out of it so nah, um, you know God God bless that system it was some good games on it <laughs> like uh, Lunar and, and Sonic CD was great mm-hmm. but yeah the, the loading I think especially when it, the game started going to CDs like on Playstation it could be a little ridiculous man <laughs> you know that's right. Especially if the game froze while I loaded, and you wouldn't know. Oh, like, man. is it loading or is it frozen? <laughs> I remember one time I like, I don't think I went to school or something, but I like I left for a substantial amount of time. I came back and I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" And it was of course on a part I didn't save before. And, oh, of course not. Yeah, it was like a Final Fantasy, maybe one of the I don't know. Oh man. Anyway, so yes, those I would say those games that era were definitely the ones that made me want to. Say drop the load. Drop the load. Drop the load. <laughs> Alright, so at this time we're gonna play you Drop the Load. I got beef with all y'all. Big name, big budget, video game distributors. If technology keeps advancing, why is it that the quality of the Hey, 
yo, when I was a little kid playing games in a crib, guess I took for granted the time it took to get it in. Power on, game start, 20 seconds flat, shoot, 2600 games took less than that. Man, I can't seem to manage, never understood the fact. The more powerful the system is a bigger piece of crap. Commodore 64 had a game called Ultima. I could fix dinner in the time it took to load it up. Wing Commander 3, although I never ever tried it. Installation took an hour, so no, I wasn't buying it, man. I missed the cartridge. Them jaws was sturdy. Now you get a disc read error if it's a little dirty. I used to stack my carts up and build forts with them. Drop kick them with GI Joes and put them in my system. Power on and they work perfectly without a hiccup. If you feeling like I'm feeling, say it with me now. Get up and drop to low. That was dropped the load off Forever Famicom. Myself and Mega Rand's uh, maiden voyage into collaboration well, on an album together. And, um, you know, we were saying that, you know, I'm, we're always interested. We run into fans occasionally who are like, man, what was the background behind this record and whatnot? And, you know, sometimes if you're lucky enough to come to the shows, you know, Rand has a, a, a he does exposition and kind of explains the background of some songs. But this probably stuff that we don't even think about because, you know, it wasn't as exciting to tell the story to, to us, but you might be interested. So if you are, you know, please just uh, hit us up, find us online uh, at Mega Rand or at Neosonics, N-E-O, 
S O N I X, um, or just Google us and you know, please Google just me. Google <laughs> or just just drop a comment, you know, right on here the, on uh, the on podcast, show right? Site or on the um, you know, on the podcast. Right. Thank you for subscribing, uh, rating, and all that good stuff. And keep that up, and we'll be back with more stories, more bits, more rhymes, and more life. Peace. Thanks for listening to Bits, Rhymes, and Life. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend, rating and reviewing us on iTunes, shopping at the Nerdy Show store, or directly donating to the network. Any size contribution gets you exclusive Nerdy Show audio and images and lets you participate in our monthly support drives. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to chip in. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com sponsorships. For more episodes of Bits, Rhymes, and Life, as well as other fun programs, community forums, videos, articles, and more, head over to nerdyshow.com. You can subscribe to all Nerdy Show Network podcasts via the iTunes store. And for the latest news, follow us on all our favorite social networks. We're glad to be your home for authentic nerdy entertainment. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.